0: but it's so important what you're saying there right physically emotionally and mentally right when we get women caught in this dynamic of my body is the problem well then where are we focused we're focused on fixing something that's like minute in the scale of what needs our attention in the world Yes. Right. Absolutely. So we are supremely distracted and our energy is limited. It's when we're constantly in this, oh my gosh, I didn't eat the right thing. What should I have eaten? I can't believe I don't fit in this. Oh, maybe this looks, makes me look fat. It's like driving around in a car that yeah. has a slow leak in the tire. Welcome to the build with Grayback podcast. Where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Build with Brayback. Happy Thursday. We are almost there. And, you know, I love that my podcast episodes come out on Thursdays because right now we just need to sit in the space that we are in. We are inches away from the weekend and you can feel feel it. So I'm hoping that this podcast brings you into the weekend with a more positive mindset. If anything, maybe it helps the Thursday go by a little bit faster or painlessly. Um, So welcome. If you're new here, it's your girl, Amanda. Um, I have a fabulous guest on the podcast today, which you know because you clicked on this episode and it is very clear in the title that it's not just me. So gear up for that, but uh, hold your horses because, you know, we have to do highs and lows. I have some things that I want to talk about, but as I say every time and I never do, I am going to attempt to keep the intro short so the whole episode isn't crazy long because without me even speaking, it's already 49 minutes and 43 seconds. And I know that your time is precious. So here we go. Let's jump right in. Highs. hi's. I finally registered my business um, with the city. So it is official. I should have done that months ago. Um, but we did it now and it feels really really good. It feels like really positive momentum um, similar to like marriage. it feels silly because it is legitimately just a piece of paper and some proof and money to the government but it feels like a positive step forward. It feels more legit. so there's a little bit more of motivation, a little fire lit under my bum to get it together and make it happen. And you know, I joined that business coaching like small cohort and we are in the thick of it and it has been so incredibly helpful um and everything that I hoped that it would be. So, I made some really positive steps forward this week in terms of streamlining my processes for everything, streamlining my payments and tracking my payments and um, just looking at it and treating it like it is a legitimate business, which it is. And I think my imposter syndrome was kind of holding me back from treating it like one as such. Um, So it feels like a really positive step forward. And if If you take anything out of this conversation, I think you'll take much bigger things out of this conversation. But if anything to start you out with, um, invest in yourself if you have the means to. And, you know, it doesn't have to be big, big things, but sometimes investing in yourself kind of gives you a little more skin in the game almost um, and might just push you and help you kind of like organize your to-dos. Like a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've known that I should do. But in my head, I was like, oh, well, I'll wait until I'm making X amount of money or I'll wait until I have this many clients or I'll wait until, I'll wait until. And then like, hi, the year is more than halfway over and I've been waiting the whole time. So what you waiting for? Let's do it. Um, another high is also related to this business cohort. I just put out today um a freebie to help you improve your relationship with exercise with movement. So I'll link it in the show notes. It's also going to be linked on my Instagram. So it is a nice little free download, 5 tips to create a sustainable movement routine that you actually love. So if you're someone that dreads working out that feels like you can't find the motivation. If you do all these different workouts that you feel like you should because it, you know, burns a certain amount of calories, or it makes you sweat a certain amount, or you see everyone on Instagram doing it, or, you know, a bunch of your friends are doing it. It's a popular thing, but you hate it. If you are someone that says things like, I just am not the workout type. I hate working out. It's not for me. If any of those things speak to you, if you feel guilt and shame and discouragement from your current routine or lack of a current routine, if you can't seem to fit it into your busy schedule, any or all of those things, it's a free download. So what is there to lose? You know, um, it includes some tips, some journal prompts, and I think it's going to be the perfect way to kind of kickstart um, a nice, fresh routine. You don't have to wait for the new year or any big change in your life. Um, there are little things that's very approachable. It's not. It's not like other guides, you know. Um, yeah. So. I think along with that, I would just say that in taking some time to slow down and refocus and honestly, even after having this conversation with this guest, especially and some of the other conversations that I've been having with guests, it's really just been helping me get super, 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 super clear on my mission and why I'm doing all of these things. And it really just comes down to wanting to build women up. You know, I think we spend so much of our lives fighting through a lot of bullshit, Um, whether it's diet culture, whether it's misogyny, this patriarchal society, fuckboys, assholes, any of it. Um, And over time, it can make us feel like our voice shouldn't be heard or that we should shrink down and make ourselves smaller. And my hope of this podcast is to uplift voices that have some really great things to say and inspire you all to do the big things, do the small things with big energy to speak up yourself, to share your own voice, to go after it and make yourself your presence known in the world. Um, and outside of this podcast, you know, the same thing, but really helping women break free from the constraints of diet culture because, you know, it can be kind of looked at as like a silly thing, like, you know, eating disorders are this silly vain thing of thin white women. And that's just so not the truth of it. Um, And we talk about it in this podcast, as you just heard from that quick little clip. Um, But the implications of diet culture just go so much deeper. I mean, physically, it can ruin people's lives. It can end literally people's lives. Um, And so the comments and the perception that people are just oversensitive and you know, it's good to have control over food and to have rules around food. It's fat phobic and you're fucking insensitive. Um, so yeah, but speaking of which, um, something in the news, um, Instagram just, which you you might have seen, Instagram has added a feature so you can now filter to remove weight loss ads from your feed. And I think that this might've started from a change.org petition. I'm not sure exactly the start, but um, I came across this change.org petition and I'm pretty sure that it's, um, well, it says victory because that happened, but there were over 30,000 supporters, 30,000 signatures. So before they had Um, You could change your preferences, your ad topic preferences to remove things around alcohol, parenting, pets, social issues, blah, blah, blah. Um, And they petitioned to have them add weight loss and diet ads to this list, which is so huge because it means that Instagram, this major media company truly, um, is taking this stuff seriously because really these kinds of ads it is very obvious and it's very clear that these kinds of ads just aim to their purpose is to make you feel inadequate make you feel like your body is not right and that you need to change it so you spend more money diet culture 10 freaking 1 and while some might find them harmless I think a lot of that, even if you don't think they're super harmful, those messages stick in your subconscious. So I don't think that they're totally harmless to some, but they might seem harmless. But for so many, they are super triggering, super dangerous. If you have a ch- a child that's on Instagram, I would definitely go on and switch that um, on so that they're not if you can filter some of that messaging away filter it away you know um just the amount of people that are affected by eating disorders or disordered eating or any of that kind of obsession um and self-hate it's not worth it filter it off so this is a really really um positive step i think um and You know, Instagram plays a huge part in the increasing amount of eating disorders and body image issues in young women, young girls, teenagers. So the fact that they're taking it serious is really great. And we love to see it. So I'll be turning that on, even though sometimes I do like to get the ads so I can um, shit on them on here and on TikTok and on my Instagram. So I might keep it on just so I know what's out there. But that's neither here nor there. Um okay, Rex, because I've been consuming some content. So first things first, um I downloaded Audible and I never I'm a big podcast girly, obviously. Hello. Um but I didn't really listen to audiobooks ever. I like to read, but I would just listen to podcasts when I was walking, um, walking the dog, doing like chores, all that. But I decided that I would download Audible and I've mostly just been using it to listen to more like personal development books or books that will help me um with my work in terms of body image and those types of topics. Um but my mom convinced me to download wrong place, wrong time, um, and I downloaded it. I visited her this weekend, which was also a high, but like I talked for too long during that point of the episode. Um, I had like a little over two-hour drive home, so she's like, start listening to it. And the thing was like eight hours long. I was like, oh my God, it's going to take me forever. No. I listened to it the whole way home, and it was a joy. It was a delight to listen to an audiobook on a long-ass drive. And I have been listening to it nonstop. It's Wednesday and I finished it this morning. Like I listened to it on all of my walks with Poe. So forget educational to- content. We are going straight for this twisty turny mystery. Um, I listened to it for hours yesterday when I was like cleaning, doing chores, doing more like menial tasks. Um incredible. The twists, the turns, whether you're going to read it or listen to it, but also listen to it because the British accents are it. Um, The way that it wrapped up like five out of five, hands down, amazing. Such a good book. Um, I also recently just finished reading the book 100 Other Girls. I actually stumbled upon this girl on TikTok, the author, woman, not a girl. and. As someone that is like out in the world trying to like leave a mark and do something and create something, um, I came across her TikTok and she was talking about finally getting her first book published. I think she's around the same age as me, so it was just like really cool to see the like realness of it, her excitement and how hard she's worked. And she was uh, chosen as like Barnes and Noble like employee pick of the month or. Barnes and Noble Pick of the Month or like something like that. Um, and she found out she was like, okay, guys, get ready for me. Like, what do I wear to watch my dreams come true and just seeing her excitement. And as someone that like, I want to put it out in the universe and publish it to the world. I really want to write a book someday. And I've always wanted to. And it's not until super recently that I've made it a point to start writing again and start reading a lot again and making that a manifestation in a dream that I putting it out in the universe I'm going to accomplish one day. I don't know when, but um, being able to see someone similar to myself doing that was a really, really cool experience. And um, if you have a dream to create something, to enter a certain career field, like as simple as searching it on TikTok, Just because like it's such a searchable app and people post such real content on there, definitely highly recommend. Like a huge part of manifestation is kind of making it seem real to you and making it seem like getting yourself to believe in it, Um, believe in the goal and the dream and yourself and that's such a great way to do it. Um, but also the book was really, really good. I read it in less than a week. Um, it was about this Iranian girl um, or young woman breaking into the media industry. It had really good friendship Um, kind of storylines, a romantic storyline, career storyline. It was very, like, pertinent to the times. Loved it. Really good. And then, um, I have been – or I just started The Most Hated Man on the Internet, that documentary on Netflix about that website from, like, the early 2010s, I think. Um, is anyone up? It's all about like revenge porn. And like back when the internet wasn't really regulated and monitored in the way that it is now. I mean, a lot of these girls were like teenagers. So it's like technically child pornography. Um, And he would like publish their personal information along with the stuff. People could submit um, like revenge porn of, you know, girlfriends that they felt wronged them or whatever. And I am not even that far into it, and it's like already blowing my freaking mind. So highly recommend, and I haven't even finished it yet. So hopefully it's actually good. Um, Yeah, okay. Well, that, that'll that do it. I mean, I still ended up talking for like oh, 17 minutes. Not quick. Um, So we are now officially over the hour mark for the episode. So I'm going to call it a day and let you – get on to the main event, which is an incredible guest. So um, trigger warning up top. Should have done it in the very beginning because I did talk a little bit about it. But um, trigger warning for eating disorders, body image. If you're not feeling up to hearing about that stuff today, go back, listen to another episode. There are plenty to choose from. However, I would say this episode is really positive, And I left the conversation Feeling really positive and feeling just hopeful and hopeful that there are people like her out there doing the work that she's doing. And I aspire to be more like her and to do work like she's doing. Um, I think that we can all learn so much. Whether or not you feel like you've really struggled with body image issues um, or food issues or anything like that. I think that you can take away, um, a renewed sense of self compassion and respect for yourself and the way that you look at the world and the way that you look at diet culture and our patriarchal culture. It's just, uh, oh, it was one of those good for those soul conversations. So enjoy. Love you guys have a lovely weekend. Peace and blessing. Today's podcast guest is a body peace coach. She helps people end the war with food and body and finally feel truly at home in their body as it is. She is known for her deeply feminist, anti diet, body peace approach. She brings her 30 years' experience as a therapist, nationally board certified health and wellness coach, body trust guide, and psychology of eating teacher to helping women create a respectful and trusting relationship with their food and their bodies. Her body piece work is all in service of helping people get off the diet roller coaster and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates a positive, long-lasting change in and with their bodies. Her courses, coaching, and poetry positively change the conversation that women are having with their bodies. She also writes body poems as a way to encourage a shift in the way we talk to and about our body. We should really be best friends. Welcome to the podcast, (laughs) Nina Mandelson.
0: Thank you, Amanda. It's just a delight to be here with you.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited to dig into everything that you're about and everything that you do. But let's start by giving people a little bit more of a backstory about you. Mm -hmm. So feel free to tell us a little more about you. What made you interested in this work? How has your own relationship with your body and that progression inspired it? Anything that yeah. you want to share?
0: So honestly, the real reason that I do body piece work is because I know the realm of body war oh too well. Mm-hmm. So that was my life for decades. That place of struggle, that place of my body isn't good enough. My, that place of, oh, so what diet is going around now? Maybe I'll try that, right? So there was always this place of my body as my project. Right. And what I call body management, where we think of our body as something sort of other than often women, my clients describe it as like living next door to their body. Oh, I should do something Mm. to it. Yes. Well, that's how we talk about it. Right. It is. It is. Oh, right. I shouldn't eat that. You know, I should take this myself to the, you know, gym, I should work out harder, I should, you know, go on that diet, I, you know, it becomes this way of managing and being very tight in our relationship with our body and food. And so that relationship made me feel bad, honestly, just bad all the time, and feeling like I wasn't enough, and so there was this trope in my life of, about not enoughness. And every time I tried to work on the deeper issues, I always came back to, oh, I'm not enough because of my body. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is the relationship that really needs to shift here. Yeah. And this is the relationship that was trained into me, that was emblazoned in my psyche about how my body was my worth. And if I was slim, and if I was perfectly fit, and if I looked the part, yeah. then and only then would I get the gold star worthiness. Mm-hmm. And that is like living in a prison.
1: But it's also like, it's a never-ending chase, right? You never really yes. get to a point where you're like, I did it. That right. I feel perfectly great. And <laughs> yeah. I... Like it never actually turns out like that. You might get to a certain yeah. amount of weight, but then you're still like, oh, well, I could lose more. Or you yes. fall off the diet because it was designed to fail. And then you feel bad yes. about yourself and then try something different. Um, but I love what you or said. You
0: just or, or you walk into a room And you just start comparing yourself to different types of bodies with people with different histories of their relationship with food from different people from different cultures, like literally with different genetic makeup. And we start going, oh, look at their body. Mm -hmm. right or look at how they dress or look at their house or look at their handbag like whatever the honestly the bs is of comparison yes and then we make ourselves unworthy and then go oh i feel bad oh i know how to make myself feel better let me try to control something yeah Hmm." I know what I control, control I can control what I put in my mouth and my size. And that's not the truth. Yeah. Right. That's default thinking. Yeah. Right. I'm uncomfortable in the way that I am and I can't tolerate the discomfort of feeling however I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm feeling my comparison. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling all the feelings. Right, I'm feeling stressed. And then what do we do with those feelings? We turn towards our body and make our body the fall guy.
1: Right, and it's, I love what you said about, because so many of us feel this shame or guilt for feeling those things and, um, you know, kind of getting caught up in that chase and in that comparison. But I love that you made it a point to say that it's something that is so learned and something that is so ingrained into our minds. And I mean, we might as well within the first 10 minutes, jump right into the feminism and the politics of it all.
0: Absolutely. And
1: how connected that is of like, it's a giant distraction to keep women small, mentally, emotionally, and physically and distracted
0: but it's so important what you're saying there, right? Physically, emotionally, and mentally, right? When we get women caught in this dynamic of my body is the problem, well, then where are we focused? We're focused on fixing something that's like minute in the scale of what needs our attention in the world. Yes. Right. So we are supremely distracted and our energy is limited. It's when we're constantly in this, oh my gosh, I didn't eat the right thing. What should I have eaten? I can't believe I don't fit in this. Oh, maybe this looks, makes me look fat. It's like driving around in a car that has a slow leak in the tire. We're never going to get much momentum because it's constantly leaking our energy. Yes, And when we reclaim that and say, you know what, my vehicle, I get to be in it the way that I like, I get to paint this vehicle the exact color I want to paint it. Then we start really like flying down the freeway and being like, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want to put my energy? Where am I traveling to? It becomes a fun journey instead of a like, (gasps) My car is not okay. Yeah, Let me pull over to this gas station. No, how about that gas station? Oh, this gas is not good. Oh, that gas is better, right? Like it's ridiculous yes. when we really start to make like analogies like that. Yes. And I don't mean it's ridiculous in terms of our pain. Our pain no. around it is not ridiculous. Our pain around it is real and it's worn. And so it starts to feel like it is truly the way it is. And you get with yeah. other women right you get that's what you talk about (laughs) and you talk about it Uh right and oh and how many times I went on Weight Watchers because my friends were like oh we're starting again do you want to start oh okay right it becomes a way to belong and to join yeah and so what would happen if those conversations were instead so what social action change do you want to see in this world yeah right what are you doing creatively how are you expressing yourself right What's how are you doing just like how are you
1: doing any
0: of it it
1: reminds me of that episode of sex in the city where they're all at the diner you know as they are talking about complaining about boyfriends and dating and miranda gets up and she's like we are four smart amazing women can we not think Mm -hmm. of anything else to talk about besides mm-hmm. these idiot men. And it's the same sort of idea, you know? like It is. But it totally is, again, valid and not necessarily like our fault. It is something yeah. that's so ingrained, but I'm gonna send you this um, interview clip that I found. And I saw it this morning and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so connected to this conversation that I'm going to have later. Um, and it's all about this young Gen Z activist. She's 19 years old. Her name is Olivia Juliana. And she started working on um, like abortion access, uh, like mm-hmm. fundraising and stuff. And I yeah. think, she, I don't know exactly how the conversation got started, but basically Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, um, publicly body shamed her. Mm -hmm. as a retaliation to her standing up for women's rights and Mm -hmm. in the interview the interviewer is talking to Olivia and she's talking about like this is the perfect example of the patriarchy like and Olivia explains like yeah he doesn't have the intelligence to back it up with facts instead he's gonna do the same thing that they have been doing forever, which is just yeah. trying to cut us down. So we'll yeah. just
0: shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Diminish women into, to the val so that the, their value is equal to their body. Yes. Right. And if you think also about Billie Eilish, right. Yes. So for a oh long time, she didn't show her body. Yep. Brilliant. So brilliant because my I talent love, yeah. is not my body. Mm -hmm. I am sharing with this world, this incredible musical talent. And as soon as she wore something that showed her body, the conversation changed to her body. I was like, and there we are again.
1: There it is. And like, we have been
0: distracted from her value as an artist Yeah, to become her value as a human, as a woman in a body. I'm like, whoa, stop.
1: Right. And the people that like shamed her for yes. making the choice to share what her body looked like when like, is right. that
0: not what feminism is, is like to right. also have the choices? Exactly. Right. But do you see the conundrum, right? Yes. And it's not, you know, yes, we're talking about Billie Eilish. Yes, we're talking about public people, but it really applies to all of us. The conundrum yeah. is I hide my body, right? So that I can go out in the world. But then I don't have access to the fun and the joy and the pleasure of being really, really free in my body. Okay, so great. I'm going to be super free in my body. I'm going to wear the sleeveless thing with my arms waving in the wind and my thighs not having a gap. And then the whole world is going to talk about my arms and my thighs, right? right? So in our society, there really is a no win game. Oh. And 100%. so it has to come down to wait a second. I claim my body. Yeah. I claim my body as my own and really be in relationship. And this is the core of body piece work. Mm -hmm. How do I create my own relationship with my body? How do I create my own relationship with food? Not one that's based on what the magazine is saying or what the latest, greatest, newest diet is saying. No, no, this is my relationship. The, the, The metaphor I often use is if you're with um, somebody who's really special to you s- sacred to you right you have an intimate relationship with them and you're in bed with them and somebody comes in every night and goes let me get in the middle of the two of you in bed <laughs> and tell you how this should be done yeah you'd be like excuse me how boundaries right hello I'm having a intimate relationship where I'm getting to know you and you're getting to know me and there's something so important in this so special so valuable so much wisdom right we would tell that person who's getting into bed with them with us every night get out yeah you do not belong in this room with me and my beloved trying to create build, trying to create, trying to deepen intimacy. And that is exactly, exactly what our diet culture does to us every day as women who are trying to have a relationship with their own food, what nourishes them with their own body. How do they feel?
1: Yeah. Right. And so what
0: happens with that interruption is we get cut off at the knees around our own wisdom of ourselves. Yes. And it
1: does it. It actually is exactly that metaphor. I mean, it can be even that in the bedroom. That's a huge place where people feel insecure. And as women, it's hard enough to like, (laughs) get out of your own head. And then you add in the diet culture ideas of like, Oh my God, do I look okay from this angle? Is he thinking about the roles that are showing or I have acne? Oh my gosh,
0: you know, and then spirals yes so i need, so i just have to i yeah. you know i write body poems yeah and um i love this topic about our body and in bed and in intimacy and i wrote a poem called don't touch my belly yes um so i'm wondering if i could share please it with you. share okay so um So the reason that I write body poems uh, is because I feel like we need a different way of talking to and with our bodies. And I also feel like a lot of our conversations about bodies are from a very cerebral place. And it's important. We need to understand. But I feel like poetry kind of speaks sort of to the heart of it. So um, this poem, kind of intimate, I'll tell you, honestly, is called Don't Touch My Belly. And just to be totally transparent, this is mostly about me. Yes, I draw from all my work with all my clients, but mostly this is about me. Okay, but it's such a universally. My... Oh
1: my gosh! Like that is so such yeah. a. Okay, continue. Sorry,
0: but like okay. yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. Don't... yes. yes yes <laughs> don't touch my belly. We were in bed together, touching all the places for delight, but out of my mouth came. Don't touch my belly. And I moved his hand away, away from the part of me that I thought was too big, too much, not flat enough, not appealing. My mind that had been seduced into sensation was suddenly trapped in self-criticism. Self-consciousness took me out of my body. I lost my own experience of aliveness. I lost connection to my mate, to the moment, to myself. Society's absurd ideals of what is sexy got into bed with me. I wanna say, I now say, get the hell out of my bed, out of my body. This pleasure is mine. This belly is mine. And then I put his hand on my belly because that's sexy too. Mm. Oh my God, I just got full body chills. (laughs) it just
1: it's such a universal experience especially the belly i feel like it doesn't even really matter which generation you were raised in you get like a different you just got a different version of it every time like yep the early 2000s and hearing people criticize the skinniest women you've ever seen yes yes, or the whole victoria's secret thing like just So much of it. And so
0: much of it has to do with the flat tummy. Yeah. Because you, we can't get it right. There's just, just to be clear. Yeah. There is no getting it right. If you have a flat tummy, then you're supposed to have a six pack or maybe an eight pack. Right. If you have a droopy belly because you've had a kid. Oh, well then you better get your pre baby body back. Mm. Right. If you have a belly because you're living a large body. Oh, well, that's shameful. And you better just cover it up. Yeah. Right. So there's like no getting it right. So part of this work around us having body peace is claiming the body we have. Yeah. Not the body that we will maybe have if we do X, Y, and Z diet, exercise, blah, blah, blah. And not the body we used to have right Mm -hmm. in high school or when you were anorexic or dieting all the time or whatever it was no this body and I have a term for that I call it being body current oh yeah being body current is so important because so much of the angst around our body happens in the past and in the future
1: yeah
0: oh if only I had that body remember when I fit in those jeans right? Oh, I have this wedding in a month. If I could just lose, uh, 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 then I could wear that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of our angst and our struggle in this relationship of ours with our body is past and future.
1: Yeah. It's just more comparison, right? right? Just with yourself.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is comparison with self instead of, Oh, this is my today. Today, yeah. not yesterday, not even tomorrow, not in an hour. This is my right now today body. Yeah. And what does she need? Yeah. So, How do I learn to listen to her? Go right?
1: Ahead. No, I loved um, uh, just like a little bit ago, you said something about um, like your own personal relationship with your body. And like, what does that look like? Because of course we have all of the diet culture nonsense negativity but then on the other end of the spectrum with the body positivity movement which is a wonderful thing and it's Mm -hmm. helped to make some great steps but it can feel a little bit disingenuine and just a little forced sometimes on a day when you're not feeling confident like i can't just fake it till i make it so What are some like actual ways that you help your clients to find that acceptance and even just that being present with your current body and all of that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you, I just want to touch on that you mentioned is this idea of body positivity. And I, you know, I love the idea of loving our body. I think that absolutely we are entitled to love our body. I just, in my experience of working with women for 30 years around their relationship with body and food, it's aspirational for many women. Yeah, We have so much trauma, so many old messages that this idea of I'm going to love my body is too darn hard. Um, And I don't know if we have time, but I actually have another poem if you're willing. Yeah. Okay. Please. So this one is called Loving Your Body Is Too Hard. I tried. I really tried. Every day I would stand in front of the mirror and affirm, I love my body. I love my shape. I love myself. I channeled my inner Louise Hay. I wanted to be that person who loved herself, loved her curves, even loved her thighs. It didn't help. I still heard that mean mirror voice laughing, mocking, cutting at me in her disbelief of my body love. Loving your body is too hard. It was too big, too hard for me, too big, big a leap. Too far to go from being indoctrinated by diet culture, by an industry making money from my shame. Body love was only for the thin. If I was anything but thin, body love was settling. Body love was giving up. So I gave up on body love. I settled on a body relationship, a real relationship full of hate and anger, so much grief, a relationship riddled with annoyance, impatience, and snarkiness. And the longer I hung out in this real relationship, I found something started to shift. New experiences started to emerge, true appreciation, actual body peace, moments of ease. And then there it was like a gem glistening amidst a mountain of rocks, some love for myself, some actual body love in the midst of the mess of relationship, the reality of everyday feelings. There she was, sparkling, appreciation, compassion, caring, support for myself, body love. Body love is too hard. It's too big a stretch. Let's start with being in a real messy relationship. Start there and see what gets uncovered. Mm, Again, okay. chills. A good, and that's the thing, right? When you say, So, yes. how do you do that? You start by going, Okay, so what's up? Yeah. How's this relationship going? Like uh, on planes, people say, you know, you're sitting next to somebody and they go, Oh, what do you do? And, so, you know, if I say I'm a body piece coach, they'd be like oh, what? Yeah. So I often say I'm a therapist, but inst- I'm a couples therapist, but instead of sitting with a woman and her partner, I am sitting with a woman and her body. hmm. And that's the relationship you really want to start with as though you were stepping, sitting in a, in a therapist's office and going, so tell me about your relationship. How's it going? Yeah. That's where we start. We start with the reality, not with the, and that was me standing in front of the mirror. I love my body. I love my body. And I'm no joke. 10 years of that.
1: Yeah. That did not
0: work. I'm just saying did totally. not work at all. So to be really clear of like, you know what? Okay. So what's happening? Oh gosh, we are mad at each other all the time. I am yelling at my body all the time. My body is screaming at me in pain all the time. I am judging myself all the time. I am comparing myself all the time. Then let's, let's work with that.
1: Right. I love that. It's like, if you think about a romantic relationship, unless you're totally delusional. <laughs> no relationship is going to be no. happy and butterflies and like loving. I mean, loving, but in a, you know what I mean?
0: Like, no, it can't be butterflies twice. and rainbows all the time. Yeah. It's just not that's not an actual relationship no. anybody who's no who's been in a relationship for longer than five minutes knows that you know what relationships have nuances they yeah. have communication misses they have ways that work beautifully most of the time and sometimes yeah. eh, not so much we missed. Right. we totally blew it on each other and, or i hurt me your feelings and i'm really sorry but that's the kind of work that needs to happen in the relationship we have with our own body yeah. in order to feel truly like, yeah, this is, a, I want to hang out with this body the rest of my life. And it feels good. It doesn't feel fun. And honestly, I work with women of all ages and I've worked with women who are in their eighties going, please, I do not want to die hating my body. Mm-hmm. I have spent my whole life feeling bad. It doesn't have to be that way. No. It does not. Oh,
1: I feel like I'm going to
0: cry a little bit. Like, and
1: I've talked to, um, I had a, another therapist on the podcast, like in the way beginning. Um, and we talked a little bit about that of like, imagine being eight years old or however old you are and still being at war with yourself. Yeah. So, unless you actually try to reframe your mind and stop the diet cycle and all of that like unless you actually take steps yeah that is going to be you yes because it doesn't just magically happen overnight which i think that's why these conversations are so good because people see the highlight reel of instagram and the (laughs) hyper-positivity and the body love that is supposed to be unconditional and it's like any relationship it ebbs and it flows and it's okay if there are like dark times it's finding the tools to like get yourself out of them
0: yeah and it's so important what you're saying right like you do have to step into the relationship right like if you walk into a therapist's office with your partner one of the questions are do you want this Do you want this relationship, right? The thing about our relationship with our body is we don't have a big choice. We don't, this (laughs) is it, right? Like this is your vehicle, this is your home. So do you wanna be in an abusive home or you don't? And if you don't, then you have to do the healing work to end the abusive dynamics and patterns that are running your mind and your body and your psyche and your feelings all the time. And is it seven pounds in seven days? It's not one of those, it really isn't. And that's a little bit disappointing for a lot of people. Like, well, I really, if it's a mindset thing, like, let me just grab onto that mindset. But this is like old brainwashing. This is like being in a cult for decades. Yeah. I it mean, takes truly. Some doing. it is, we do, we have a cult of beauty idealism.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it goes, it runs so deep, <laughs> so, yeah. so deep. Um, but yeah, I love that you say that because I feel like our culture obviously also is very uh, instant gratification focused. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, why, why wouldn't you want it to be that way? That would be great if yeah. I am in this like horrible relationship with myself and you could snap a finger and make it go away. That would be uh, awesome.
0: I, I would have signed <laughs> However, up for a long time yeah. ago. I really would have. And the one thing that I want to say, like on behalf of this more patient, slower approach is it makes it sustainable. It makes yeah. it who you are, because I did, I was somebody who really struggled, who was the Monday dieter, who was the failed on Thursday, who was researching all weekend. Okay. Monday, I'll start again. And I don't, and it didn't happen overnight. Right. And even sometimes I'll still like, I've been doing this work for a long time with clients, but also with myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, wow, look, you're in a critical state. What's going on? Right? The first the default response now is compassion. Yeah. What happened? did you get upset about something? Are you feeling something that feels scary to feel? And so it's easier to feel some old way, which is yeah. not okay about yourself. Right. So the default changes, the way that we relate to each other to ourselves changes. And it's not like an, a willpower change. Like, okay, no. now I'm gonna like affirm that I'm gonna speak nicely to myself. It's not a a, a tight fist kind of determined approach. Mm-hmm you know, that feels like breathless, yeah. right? Even as I say it, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this, I'm going to do this right this time. When we're on this path, what I call the body peace path, it becomes sustainable. It yeah. becomes the way we are, is someone who walks into a room and is like, yep, here I am. This is my body. We also become someone who doesn't scan other women Yeah, and who doesn't take the scan of you know that up and down look right head to toe check out the other person look yeah. right we also when other people do it to us we go oh that's how they feel about themselves it has nothing to do with me yeah right so that's the relationship huge. of body peace becomes us it like like it, it gets soaked into us when we do it in this slow and gradual way
1: yeah, absolutely. It's very similar to reframing your relationship with food, you know. It's yes. it becomes a sustainable lifestyle when yes. you take the time to kind of peel back the layers and heal <laughs> a lot of that. It's very similar. But I do want to talk a little bit about what you just said about the judging and the comparison. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously that is a huge trigger point of contention makes people like sometimes not want to go home or not want to go to like family holidays or anything like that because of comments from friends or family or comments uh at work the co-workers making comments about what lunch you're having or whatever uh-huh. what would you arm people with in those yeah. scenarios yeah
0: so they so can be I- feeling like I- yeah. So I have a lot of different strategies. I want to give you three. Okay. Um, I have like, like arm's length, well, a uh, list of things, how to deal mm. with these situations. But one is to really decide how you want to approach it. Okay. Do you want to um, deflect, right? This isn't somebody I care about that much, whatever. What are you watching on Netflix? Literally deflect the whole conversation. Oh, are you eating that? Oh, I'm on Weight Watchers. Oh, I'm on Slim Fast. Oh, I'm doing Noom. Oh, I'm doing... Oh, really? Have you seen anything good on Netflix? You literally change the conversation. Yeah. Right? So what... And and you choose that when it's like, I don't really care to get into this conversation. Yeah. I really don't with this person. It doesn't matter. Like, no, this isn't somebody I want to go deep with. right? Right? Right. Okay. So then you have somebody... Who's a little more? You want to go a little bit deeper, right? So you could deflect, right? That's the first one, or yeah. you could um, deepen and go, "Wow, it's so." This is like at a table full of girlfriends, and someone's starting to talk about their diet and the weight loss and the this, and you say, "Wow, it's so amazing how much energy we put into these kind of conversations about appearance." Imagine if we put this kind of energy towards women's rights or whatever is important to you, right? Deepen the conversation, right? Or wow, it's so interesting that you're starting something new. I've heard the statistic that 95% of people who go on diets gain their way back in two to five years, (laughs) if not more, right? Oh, that's a way, it's a bit confrontational, but it definitely deepens the conversation. Yeah, for sure. So that's another approach. So there's deflect, Mm -hmm. deepen, and then there's the straight up defend. And that's boundaries. That's your going home and your parent, your sibling, your aunt makes another comment about your size, your food. And you say to them, I heard what you said. I'm going to ask you not to talk to me about food and body. I am working on it in the way that works for me and I'm setting a boundary. Bam, door right. closed. That's defend. Now you're going to choose deflect, deepen, or defend depending on who that person is. Yeah. Right. And how if you're it's feeling a that day. Like... And how you're <laughs> feeling. Exactly. A million things. Yeah. But it, it could be that there's an ant that you're like, I, I really want to set a boundary, but I'm going to deepen first and say, I just want you to know that these kind of conversations really impact women's body image and I don't want to carry this through to the next generation so I'm going to ask you right we deepen and Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to not have these conversations especially around the little ones in our family oh don't seriously seriously Mm -hmm. and I think that's huge too
1: as you like if you have a daughter or something like to set those boundaries if mm -hmm. not for your sake like for her sake too yes
0: Yes. Daughter, nieces, nephews, any small human in your, in your area is picking up on because they're watching. So how do you do this thing about being a woman in a body? How do you do it? That's actually
1: so true. I regret just saying daughter, like it impacts Mm -hmm. from both sides.
0: Yep. Totally. Absolutely. Because younger people, boys and girls, right. And everybody in all the genders in between, especially gender questioning. um, It gets really hard when people are like, this is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to be a man because what everything is not included in that. Right. right. Like pretty much you can't get being a woman, right. You can't get being a man, right. And you can't get being transgendered or questioning. Yeah. You can't get it all right. So right. really the way to go is stop commenting yeah. on your own body and other people's bodies. Even this is really important. Even mm-hmm. if you think it's a compliment.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause you just never know what someone's going through or what their situation mm-hmm. is. Like, is it really worth risking that it's
0: not, it's not because you don't know, you don't know if someone's been starving themselves and that's how they look the way they are. You don't know if someone's ill and that's the way, that's why they look the way they are. You also don't know if they've worked really hard on a restrictive diet and they're so proud of themselves and they feel so good that they finally got to the size. But when you compliment them, it goes into their subconscious as, uh-oh, but what if I can't keep this up? Will they still think I'm beautiful? What if I gain my way back? Will yeah. I still be acceptable? And then when the inevitable happens, because it does, then they walk into that same room with shame.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that was like my journey from when I was like a little kid, like people a lot of like family members, I love them all so much. We all are doing the best with what we have. Um, But like family members being like, you're so lucky that you have a flat stomach and like saying things like that all the time. And that like as a young girl dug into my brain to being like, well, that's my value. That's my value, that's my value. And even if I didn't know that that's what I was thinking, that Uh is the root of it and it just like led to such a weird relationship with my body for years (laughs) like yes it just yeah that those things stick with you and i feel like for little kids like they're just little kids teenagers whatever they're trying to figure out what the world is made up of and how it all works and how they're gonna fit in and that's human nature like from it is uh, down to our core our yeah. nature is to want to fit in somewhere right
0: and that you're getting into this idea of belonging right so yeah if we can walk into a room having this feeling of i belong in my own skin and they belong in their own skin and they're doing just fine in their own skin yeah we're better off we're all better off and yeah. then the conversation goes to more interesting things yeah what are you creating what do you love to play with what are you interested in yeah right our value is the it's not that our bodies are not important they are they're the amazing miracle that we live in but our value is more than a physical body absolutely and even like imagine
1: someone complimenting you and being like Oh my gosh, Nina, you had just seem like you are so happy recently. Like what have you been up to? Or, yes. Oh my gosh, I saw on Instagram that you just came out with this new program. How's that going? That's so amazing. Yeah. Or
0: yes. Deeper. Yes. And more, deeper. so much more meaningful. So, and really connecting, right? Yeah, It's yeah. not divisive. It doesn't put those tiny splinters of separateness no. of, Of between, it creates connection, and we do. We're desperate for belonging. We're desperate to feel like we walk into a room, and we're okay the way we are. And people want to know us. They're not judging how we look. Yeah, happy to see us. Absolutely
1: right. Exactly. It's that reminder also of like, whoo, okay, we're doing good. Like, I don't. I didn't have to be worried walking into this room. Like, it's all gonna be great. We're not gonna talk about all those things that I was dreading us potentially talking about. Um, And it's such a, like a ripple effect. Uh, If you set a boundary or start the conversation that way or change the conversation to something like Mm -hmm. that, it's going to get other people thinking and also give them permission to maybe explore the way that they're talking to themselves or like, oh, why do I bring that stuff up all the time?
0: Like you know absolutely now my mother would always and it was you know it's a it's a virtue of her generation totally. my mother would always comment on my daughter's body mm. and i was like stop yeah and she was like no but it's complimentary i was like no stop yeah like just stop the conversation and then that conversation stopped and a lot of other conversations started right because it's not oh you look so great End of story, or your body is X. End of story. Where do you go with that? Right. It's not deep. It's not juicy. We're interested, right? We're back to this idea of relationship, right? You want to be in a juicy, interesting, vibrant relationship with our body. Yeah. Same with our food, and the same with the people in our life. And if we're yeah. just talking about, oh, what are you eating? What are you not eating? What are you? Gonna- And it's not that you can't say, like, I come from a family of intense uh, food intolerances, all kinds, (laughs) like, literally, we get together, we put a list on the fridge, and it will say, meat, fish dairy wheat like just what can't you eat put your name under and then everybody sort of scrambles to figure out how to make food for all of that so it's not saying like you have to (laughs) just go along with the flow you can say these are the particular needs of my body right we have celiac in our house we have like a million different things in our my extended family so it's not saying i'm ignoring the needs of my body but once we put it out there and everybody's needs are getting met then it's a deeper conversation. Yeah.
1: And it's actually like, mm
0: -hmm. yeah,
1: no, I feel like it's like an even deeper relationship with your body and you have a better understanding of your body's cues when you're not worried about what should I be doing? Oh, wait, it's it. Is it time to eat yet? I can't eat yet because
0: it's not. Right, three hours, four hours, whatever the number is. Yes. But you're you're getting into something that's so important. I actually have a class about this called the body listening lab, which is this, when we can stop having the conversation about what's good and what's bad, Mm -hmm. then we get into, wait, what does this body mean? How do I honor this body? How do I listen deeply and support this body? because our bodies have so much wisdom and do they have specific special needs? Yeah, for For sure. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody has them. And the more we can be in that place of, Oh, this is my body. Then we can actually honor how our body needs to be treated.
1: Yeah. And I'll definitely, um, link to that if, I can find a link, or you can share me the yes, link. I will. Um, because I think so many people would find that so helpful. Because it's another yeah. one of these phrases that's become very buzzy, um, yes. and it it is such an important thing, and it's such a special thing but it's one of those things that you hear it on a social media post and you're like, I don't even know. What do they mean? What does that to mean my to listen to my like,
0: body? Yes. That's such what a is it saying? <laughs> right. How do you do that? Because I literally had a, cl- a client say, I feel like I missed this day in school. Yes. I was like, no, <laughs> yes. no, you never got this day in school. We, we literally didn't. are trained out of listening. Yeah. We are trained into actually suppressing The signals that our body gets to. Oh, I need to pee. I'll I'll just wait five minutes. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, let me just have a cup of coffee and I'll Mm. keep buzzing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We, We miss the cues or we might get them, but then we just run over them. Yeah. And the body listening lab is really like, so how do you get into that? But and the body listening lab, what's fun this time when I'm offering it this fall. Is it's a very cool um, extra program that comes for people who are in the compassionate eating course, okay. which is a three-week course that really dives into this place of gap between yeah. um, I know what to do. I know how to take care of myself, but I don't do it. Yeah. And then what is that gap? What is that space? What happens where we end up saying like, I, "Like I knew I was full. Why didn't I stop eating? Yeah. Right. So when we get to that place and before we get into that conversation, we need to do a piece of work around body listening. So that's why the body listening lab happens first and then compassionate eating.
1: Totally. I love that so much. Well, we're kind of at time. So why don't you continue hyping yourself up, tell everyone where they can find you, maybe tell them a little bit more about that program when it starts, how they can sign up all the things. Yeah.
0: So the, the, best way to sort of start into this body piece path is I have a free class coming up at the end of August on August mm-hmm. 24th. Um, and it's called body piece. It's the, it's a virtual workshop. It's very interactive. Um, and you can go to my website, Nina or body Peace with Nina with no um, spaces. And there's a sign up there. And if you're listening after August 24th, 2022 on that page is also another really really powerful tool that I cannot recommend enough which is the practicing body piece journal so just like we were talking about how do you start this relationship that there's 20 questions in this journal and they're really like questions of like basically like you sitting in the therapist's office so how is this relationship how is it going so that you can start to unpack it because we need to look How is this relationship going in order to heal it? Yeah. So I highly recommend if you can sign up for the Body Peace Virtual Workshop, there's the Practicing Body Peace Journal and there's the Body Listening Lab and the uh, Compassionate Eating Course coming up in the fall. And if you just want to like talk and figure out like, is this, do I need some support around this? Reach out to me at Nina at ninamanelson.com.
1: I love it and i'll link to all of it in the show notes so it can be easily found as well as your instagram if that's where people want to start um but thank you so much for coming on i feel like i'm going to need to have you on for like a part two and a part three and a part four and we can really deep dive into so much more um but again thank you so much. You're amazing. You're doing amazing work. Oh, we love
0: to see you. Amanda, my pleasure. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the build with Raybag podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at buildwithbrabeck and our website, www.buildwithbrabeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.